0: honestly, it's a little surprising to see these coaches move around as much as they do.
1: Okay, so that's very interesting to me. So can you talk about that? I mean, they can so they can pick up their entire team and go from club ABC to club XYZ. Uh, and is that and that's common? Are you saying that's pretty common? It, 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 or is it increasingly not, so? Un,
0: yeah, it's not uncommon for that to happen. Even, you know, midway through the season, they could they would even pick up. Really? Yes. Yeah, it, Why are they
1: cool. doing that? Welcome to The Club, the podcast that's dedicated to club and travel sports. We're going to talk about almost all sports soccer, baseball, football, basketball, cheer, volleyball, hockey, lacrosse. We're going to talk about aspects such as the cost, the levels of commitment, the perceptions of club sports, the benefits, uh, college recruiting, impacts on family and social the politics of club sports, parent-coach dynamics. We're going to get into some really interesting conversations. I'm your host, Matt Gildon, and again, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Today we're really excited to have Bill Glatch come visit with us. Bill's got three kids, two of whom have made it through to the college ranks And then Bill also has a daughter who's in high school who is finding her way through uh, the club ranks as well as uh, starting to think about what her next steps are in terms of college. Bill's going to provide some really interesting insight on coach and club dynamics and is going to share insight on something that has never even crossed my mind in terms of club sports. So uh, hopefully you'll be excited to hear about that as well. Also, he's going to touch on things like recruiting services and the value of those, as well as prospect camps, um, you know, like preseason college prospect camps. And then uh, we'll touch on a, a topic that I think is uh, universal across uh, club sports, which is how do you, you know, what expectations are realistic for your kid? And how do you think about that in terms of activities and investment and engagement into club sports? So uh, without further delay, really excited to get this going with Bill. And thanks for tuning in and welcome to the club. For taking the time today, I really appreciate it. Uh, I know it's the middle of the week. I know the Rangers are... First pitch here is here in about fifteen minutes. I appreciate you taking the time. How's it all going today?
0: Uh, I was going good. Just looking forward to uh, hopefully a Ranger win here. <laughs> yeah, It's going to be interesting to see if uh, if our pitcher can can uh, come back after being off for thirty days and perform. That's going to be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I think it is. I was talking to a guy at uh, at work today, and we were kind of talking about you know the game tonight. And I said, you know, I go. Actually, we need to treat this like a pitcher who's uh, throwing a no hitter. Let's not even talk to him. Let's don't talk about it. Just, just leave him alone. Let him sit down there at the end and, and let him take care of business. So that's how I'm kind of viewing the Rangers right now. I'm not going to talk to him or talk about
0: yeah, him. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> I got you.
1: Um. Well, hey. So we, I think we got a lot to get to, uh, today. But uh, just to kind of set the stage, you've got three kiddos. Two of which have moved on to play college in their respective sports of baseball and softball, and you've got one in high school still playing softball, who's kind of on the path to the college level as well. So, kind of have, help us, you know, level set about your environment and in, in, in your club sports world.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I've seen the club sports over a pretty extended period of time. My kids are about. 12 years separated across all three of them. So I've seen it kind of develop over the years. And, uh, from my oldest daughter is now 24 to my youngest. that's that's 16. So, uh, it, it it's changed a little bit, uh, over the years for sure. It's, I think it's become uh, a lot more popular for, for softball in particular. I noticed that, uh, between my oldest daughter and my youngest uh, as far as the number of participants teams and things like that. So that's been kind of fun to see and then my son did baseball and you know that was kind of my first experience to that. So it's been a, it's been a fun fun ride and I'm looking forward to my 16 year old kind of making some decisions on her own and what, what's been interesting too along with the change of environment is that every kid's different and every kid every one of my kids has had a little bit different path. So it's been fun um, being flexible, understanding their drivers, that w- what they're trying to accomplish, what they want to accomplish, what their level of interest is kind of throughout these 12 years. Because um, you go from my, my oldest daughter, she, her goal was to play in college from the very beginning. And, and uh, she really wasn't all that – she wasn't the top talent, but she was determined to do it, and she worked her way to get that opportunity. And you know, my son kind of came up through COVID – And uh, that whole process was Mm -hmm. different than anyone ever experienced. And he actually, you know, got looked over and uh, was able to get into a junior college and uh, prove himself there and, and, and kind of build that talent level that he needed and get identified for college. And then, you know, my youngest uh, wasn't really sure she wanted to play college ball and we weren't really going all in on, travel sports and club sports as much as we do with my oldest and, uh, until she was really committed. So each kid's had really a different path.
1: Yeah. I think that's something I've, uh, you know, experienced, you know, similar stuff. Right. And, and I've heard college coaches say, and, you know, other coaches at at various high levels, every kid's path is different. Your path is different from their path. Um, so let's talk about the path thing for a second. um do you think that or did y'all experience where um uh, one of your kids' paths they recognized that it was different than someone who's on their team or you know plays on another in another club at their similar age group that they see all the time in games and tournaments? and they did they ever go like cool. look, look their path, look at that. they're getting all the recruiting, they're getting you know, a lot of attention on social media or whatever it is. Did y'all experience any of that?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. My really? yeah, I think social media for my oldest wasn't. As big back then, you know, mm-hmm. and when she was kind of going through this process, so we really didn't have a lot to compare her to as far as posts and highlights and all that stuff. It wasn't, what is it, as big as a part of the sport? So, you know, we, what we really saw were teammates getting looks, going to camps. I mean, we, we did with my oldest, a bunch of, uh, the recruiting, um, uh, services to really try to get her in front of things. She sent out hundreds of emails and you never really got looked at, um, that depth, that, that deep through those services. But, you know, with her, she had a, a really solid, um, Travel ball coach that kind of knew her skill set. She was a little bit of a niche player. She's a pitcher and, uh, you know, she had attended some camps, uh, prospect camps and whatnot, and um, got a couple coaches that were interested in her. And, and, and in the end, she goes, I, This is the school I'm really interested in. And her travel ball coach knew the coach and said, Hey, you remember this girl that I brought you five years ago? This kid's just like that. And, and from there, that coach was interested in her um my son yeah yeah so that that was that was kind of what brought her to that school she didn't have a ton of options and uh the first offer she got she took it um and then my son was was a whole lot different and you know obviously going through COVID and whatnot he kind of got he was kind of a late bloomer and um he just was going to go to school and maybe try to walk on but he uh his talent and skills really popped uh, his senior year and um, had one outing that got a whole lot of attention early in the season. And then he just exploded from there and had, uh, had about three or four Juco's pursuing him. And so he had some options. And and so that was a whole lot different than my, my, do- my, my oldest daughter. Um, and so um, did the Juco route with him and then things really worked out well. We're, he got an opportunity to go play college at um, the school where his uh, Juco coach had moved from uh, over to a power five school. So completely different experience there. And then, I've got, you know, my, my youngest now, you know um, she's just 16. And that's really when recruiting gets fired up. And until this uh, fall, she hadn't really been that interested in, um, playing in college and we, she committed and we put her on a better team and literally within two weeks of her being on this team and getting the right exposure, she's got three or four colleges calling on her. She's got some, um, visits set up already and, and we're three weeks into the fall season. So, uh, it's been, it's been completely different for all three of them.
1: Wow. That's great. Um, let's, let's talk about this for a second. You said, to talk about your son. Said an outing early in his season and he kind of kind of uh blossomed from there. Do you think that was a confidence thing? And then the rest of his season kind of escalated. Was that the building block? Was it a confidence thing, or was it just a maturity, a strength, um uh, you know, just hard work and you know, technical, you know, technique in his in his performance? He's a is he a pitcher?
0: Yeah. He's, he's, he's a pitcher in college now, but at the time he was, uh, he's always kind of pitched a little bit, played third base and played catcher. And I think a, a lot of his was physical maturity. He's always kind of okay. been a bigger kid, a little bit heavier. And I think he finally, his uh, brain got right and and he <laughs> decided he needed to yeah. eat a little bit healthier and, and work, work out a little bit more. And, and I think he just kind of matured physically and, um, He's always kind of been, again, like I said, a little bit, you know, bigger, taller, stronger. Mm -hmm. And I remember when he was a a little dude, everybody goes, that kid's going to play ball somewhere. You know, he's going to play ball. But, you know, everybody kind of caught up to him. And he was, you know, top, but not kind of top middle as far as performance. But I think he just really kind of shined at that in his senior season in high school. And um, the right time, the right opportunity, the right people watching just got their attention and from that point forward in that season he just continued to perform at a high level and more and more folks saw him and and heard about him and I think our high school coach had a little to do with that as far as you know talking to some coaches about Mm -hmm. him and and he kind of always had a mindset too I think what what impacted his ability to get recruited was D1 or or bust you know that was his mindset he played football as well good football player but it was like I'm not going to waste my time you know going to D2 D3 or whatever but it was D1 or bust and um, I think when he when it got to the end he's like you know I want to play in college and he had that junior college opportunity and that was never ever even a consideration up until his senior year in baseball. So that was uh, something we learned a little bit through the process with, with you know, the two older kids is keep your doors open um, and don't limit yourself. And I read a lot of articles about go play for a school or a program that, that wants you. You know, if they don't want you, don't go play for them. Um, but, um, you know, that, that door was open with the JUCO, and, and he embraced it. And uh, I can tell you a whole story about him showing up on campus for the first month he was miserable but he kind of worked his way through it and uh, he's glad he stayed
1: this is at the juco or where at he landed juco. yeah at the, at juco. the juco okay Go. yeah yeah okay so yeah. was it a matter of you know being away from home do you think or was it because yeah. he was like well i was power you know i was uh, you know d1 or bus and i'm now i'm here but like what what kind of turned around after that month
0: yeah. I think, you know, you, you, he was going to go to Baylor and just go to school. So mm-hmm. he goes from Baylor to uh, a junior college with a completely different student base and, and a different environment. And uh, sure. like, why, why, I, why did I sign up for this? What have I
1: done? Yeah. yeah. And,
0: and, you know, with a lot of college athletes, they really don't know <clears throat> what they're stepping into from the amount of effort, the workload, Um, all those things that go into being a college athlete, it is a full-time job. And uh, is this really what I want to do? You know, and he was a little lost because he didn't know if he was going to pitch or, or be a catcher. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a lot of uh, stress there as to what am I going to do? And uh, you got to have your head in the game completely when you're a hitter, you can't have any doubts and you have to have a high level of confidence. And he struggled a little bit at the plate and, there were four other catchers, and I think the coach wanted him to be a pitcher, but they were trying to let him figure that out on his own. But uh, some of us, being, being at home, being away from home, uh, yep. being somewhere where he really hadn't had his his head around in, in something he really, really wanted to do, but it was an opportunity that he felt like he needed to take advantage of. And we encouraged him through that time and said, stick it out. Stick it out. It's hard work. But – look at all the kids around you that don't have this opportunity to be where you are. Don't throw it away. And so we had to have some real honest conversations over a probably two or three week period of time. And in the end, he wishes, he wished he could stay there for four years. <laughs> so it turned out pretty well.
1: Well, good. Hey, um, so let me just back up here a little bit. Uh, I, yeah. I definitely want to come back and touch on, on the college stuff. Cause I think that's really important. Uh, so just a little bit of background. I mean, did you and your wife play Sports competitively, or uh, is it just you know, hey, I've got kids and I'm gonna keep them active and got them in the local rec leagues, and they just kind of took off from there. Like, how'd y'all yeah. get into? Yeah, great, great question. Yeah,
0: I didn't. I just played in high school. Um, I didn't even play baseball in high school. Um, I only played football. My wife played softball probably up until seventh or eighth grade. So we weren't, we weren't college prospects by any means. Um, you know, just probably more the high school athlete. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, our kids have all kind of showed interest in, in sports and, you know, we kind of encouraged kind of well-rounded activity with swimming and some music here and there. But, uh, Always encouraged them, and you know, as the younger kids saw the older kid doing things, they wanted to do it, and so yeah, you know, I think it just kind of fed on its fed on its own. Um, and you know, I coached my son's teams probably up until he's about eleven or so, and I coached uh, my youngest daughter's team till she was about twelve. So we were I was involved from that perspective and enjoyed being part of doing stuff with the kids and being part of their, their growing up and, and contributing towards growth of not just my kids, but other kids as well in the sports. But, uh, my oldest daughter though, she, she was not a, a kid that wanted to be coached by her, her dad. So I, I never really coached her. <laughs> I learned that early okay. on. <laughs> okay. So, those so first, those we,
1: firstborns, right. You know, they're, yeah. uh, they're different. Yeah. They're all different. But, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, we I you know from the beginning we never really thought our kids would, you know we always kind of hope your kid has an opportunity to play in college and that's always a nice goal but mm-hmm. it wasn't an expectation.
1: Yeah, uh, did y'all consciously consciously decide they should do multiple sports? Like
0: yeah, uh, yeah, my it, it,
1: I, like I, I, at I, what it, point that at what point did they did they. Isolate on softball and baseball.
0: Yeah. I think again with those with every kid, it was a little bit different. Um, they always did multiple sports early on basketball, uh, soccer. My my oldest did basketball soccer and she did swimming and she did softball. And kind of as they navigated their path through through the sport, they kind of figured out what they were good at and what they wanted to stick with. And we typically did um probably two sports between for each kid. Um, -hmm. I think my son did three, but once I got to high school, um, my oldest figured out basket, uh, that basketball and volleyball weren't her thing. And, and so I think she might've played as a freshman, uh, in high school. And then she focused exclusively on, on basketball. And then my son, you know, he was a two-sport athlete in high school, and so, but he did basketball up until that point. But he kind of figured, all right, these are the two that I can pl- I'm best at, and kind of focused on those. And then my my youngest now, she played basketball up until her sophomore year as well, and uh, realized, hey, I'm five foot four, and um, I'm not super fast, and maybe basketball isn't my thing. So, yeah. decided to kind of focus on the uh, on on softball but you know one of the things i've i've kind of always preached to my kids and we and maybe encourage them is be an athlete first versus a softball player or a football player or a basketball player but athleticism carries across all sports and if you can do things that's going to make you a better athlete it's going to yeah. translate to the sport you decide to fit in so uh, and there's some other things with regards to specializing we could talk about later but you know i see a lot of kids with you know, with overuse injuries because they're playing year round the same sport. And it's just, as these kids grow, um, they need a break. They need a break from from the sport.
1: Yeah. And as a parent, I know from, from my perspective, that was hard because, you know, you get FOMO real bad that, you know, these other kids are continuing to go, are they, are they developing? Are they getting more looks? Are they getting more reps? And, you know, maybe they are, but, I mean, it's a long haul. That's one, you know, I don't know where, where kind of your mind is, but, you know, advice I like to give is it's a long haul, you know, from a commitment perspective, from a financial perspective, from an emotional perspective, from a social perspective, right? So, you know, as long as you kind of keep that in mind, I, I think it's um, manageable, but I know I've been on the cusp of going, I'm just really... I think we're saturated with sports. We need to step back. We need to Yeah, yeah, I you know, agree. Is, so
0: and I think if you I think eventually you have to kind of specialize at some point, but if you're doing that before high school, you know, you really don't know what your kid's going to be good at. You may specialize in soccer as a 12 year old and in, in never really realize that there might be another sport that they're better at, you know, they have a, their skill sets mm-hmm. much better suited to. So I think fighting their path by, by participating and be part of multiple sports is, is, is the way to go, you know, from the perspective of, you know, what, what sport are they really equipped for longer term? If, if they even have the goal of playing after high school, you know, or even yeah. want to be part of a club team. So, you know, that's, that's something I think that's important for folks that are under the high school age that are thinking about, you know, travel ball or club sports in general is, you know, well, am I setting my kid up properly? Are they, are they the right athlete to play volleyball? Are they the right athlete to, to play basketball you know, at a club level, and you if you force them into that, and you go all in. I think you miss opportunities.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Um, so again, kind of staying with the 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 multiple kid um theme here, can you kind of talk about, you know, what kind of what's what's a you know in season, the week and the weekends, you know. Uh, with, with, with all the practices and, you know, if you outside instruction, I'd like to you know hear about that, but like how, how crazy is it? How did y'all manage that as a family? Like, is it, you know, all dad driven and, you know, like I've seen some families where it's like the dad, 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 or I've even seen, you know, where the mom is like the driving force. Uh, but how did, how did y'all was it, you know, was it a family, family affair?
0: Sure. Sure. No, it's uh, you know with three. At, at sometimes we had three involved in in uh, baseball and softball. You know all together at the same time, and mm-hmm. I think I think there were some weekends we had eighteen or twenty games. You know that that would have occurred during that time frame. So yeah, it's definitely a a, a team sport from from coverage. You know, we had my wife and I both. Would split up, and we have my my father in law would take one at <laughs> uh, another time, and we try to get as many games as we can. We find ourselves driving from one side of the metroplex to the other just to catch oh, a yeah. game, you know, and, and for, for one of the kids. And you know, once they start driving, um, obviously that gets better. But mm-hmm. before then, yeah, we were chasing ourselves coming back to uh, you know didn't want anybody to feel left out, so we tried to get as many as we could from that
1: perspective yeah we're uh we're the same boat very fortunate my wife's family my wife's from here and her her parents still still live here in town and i mean just their level of support uh not just logistically but um you know you know buying the extra stick here and there or you know surprising them with a pair of skates or you know whatever it is that's just a huge thing and then when you're trying to get you know, you've got three kids and three places to be and there's just two of y'all and dividing and conquering. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've certainly been in an out-of-town tournament where I'm like handing my kid over to a complete stranger practically to get them to, to their game because my younger son is in the same tournament in his age group, but they're playing another location. And yeah. so, um, again, for, 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 parents who are you know just getting into club sports or thinking about and are and are tuning in hopefully that your your network and any your support structure you know think about that as well because if you've got multiple kids that's that's going to happen yeah um, partner,
0: partner up with other parents on the team you know a lot yeah, of carpool kids, yeah, well, car, yeah kids would need a a ride or hey i'm sending sending her with you for the maybe yep. an out-of-town tournament uh we'll be there oh, yeah a day late or something, you know, and so try to kind of create some relationships with, with some of the parents that you feel you can, you can trust, you know, that's another thing. in, in this is, you know, in, in today's environment, you, you got to be able to trust somebody to take your, your 16 year old daughter to an out of town tournament. Yeah. You know, make sure they're going to be, they're going to be taken care of. Uh, yeah. I remember, a I remember a time um, actually during COVID we were, we were traveling for six weeks straight for my son. It was kind of going into his senior year. And, uh, we, uh, we literally were on the road for six weeks in the travel trailer, going wherever we could to, to play terms. Cause a lot of places were shut down, but I, we, we came back for one specific week. I flew, I flew myself and my youngest daughter and my oldest daughter, cause she was helping me coach. And we came back for a week just so, my wife could stay with my son in Atlanta or wherever she was, and then came back to Dallas uh, for kind of the last uh, tournament of the season there. So, um, you know, you just kind of got to, you got to be a good scheduler that's for darn sure with your time and and have a, have an employer that, uh, that understands certain parts of the, of the summer you're going to be working on the road or doing what you can to uh, get your working and not have to take off all that much time.
1: Yeah, I, and I've I've said that before and I think I've even said it on one of the episodes, right? Is you know, my boss went, Hey, you taking a big vacation this year? I'm like, well, I'm gonna take 10, two and a half day vacations this year. So so heads up, you know, I'm I leave out Thursday late afternoon. So I'm out half day Thursday, all day Friday, Saturday, and traveling back Sunday. So yeah, that's yeah, I think those are my exactly. vacations.
0: You know, I hear a lot of people talk about stories on volleyball and some of the other sports, basketball and whatnot. But, you know, there's so much softball and baseball here in the Metroplex that you really until you get to 16, you um, you really don't have to travel that much. There's plenty of competition here. There's lots of opportunities um, to get the development your your athlete needs locally so you don't have to That's travel great. all over the country to 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 be in some of these tournaments and you know recruiting really you know unless you're just an absolute elite athlete uh, the one percent of the of the one percent you know you, your 16 and 18 you time frame is really where opportunities would come along so you know we'll, we, we learned that a little bit with my older daughter she'd travel all over the place at 14. And, and really a lot, a lot of those kids were getting recruited anyways. Uh, it wasn't until mm-hmm. they turned 16. And so take, you know, you can stay local and, and save money and get your kid playing time and, and um, see some good competition and, and not have to go out out of town. And I think volleyball and some of the other sports are a little bit differently, They're, you know, a little bit different as far as national tournaments, you kind of got to travel to get some of that stuff in.
1: Yeah. You know, and I, that was actually one of my questions, you know, uh, so I appreciate you covering that. Can you talk a little bit about um, kind of the culture or the, the, the state of the union of softball here, in the DFW Metroplex? Can you, yeah, I think like, it, how, how yeah, many clubs yeah. are we talking about? What's a typical season? Is it tiered? Just kind of what's yeah. it like?
0: Yeah. I mean, there there are are there are lots of opportunities for club softball in the Metroplex. And, you know, I think softball is a is a growing sport. Um, It's not like it's not to the extent where baseball is. And I kind of use looking at a high school team as far as how many kids play travel ball in uh, or just focus on baseball, or, or just put focus on their high school sport. You know, in in baseball, a lot of the kids were part of travel teams, but in uh, softball, there's probably five or six girls that are part of travel teams. So it's not as prevalent um, as baseball per se, but it's it's big, and there are a lot of a lot of girls playing. I mean, just look at the NCAA. Um, women's college world series. I mean, the numbers, the viewership just keeps, keep going up year after year. So it's a growing sport for certain on a national scale. And given we can play here in Texas practically year round, you know, a lot of teams take off in, you know, December and January, but start right back up in February. Um, It's a, it's a, it's a growing sport. There are, there are some big organizations that have lots of teams,
1: like how many teams uh, are we talking, I mean, how many, how many teams does a typical club have or is it-, you know,
0: it? It depends because there are, there are smaller organizations that may have, you know, a, a team at each different late age group, maybe a couple in, in one age group. There are mm-hmm. te- there are programs that have five or six teams in some age groups and some clubs. And then there are some independent clubs that have, you know, sp- spread out maybe across a couple different age groups. So, and we, I see a lot of new clubs starting up, a lot of folks kind of stepping away from the big clubs, starting their own thing. I see a, a lot of movement where coaches will just pick their team up from and move from club to club because they don't like where they are. They don't like what's happening there. They don't feel like they're getting support. So it's, it's so a, little, can... a little okay. transient from that perspective. Honestly, it's a little surprising to see these coaches move around as much as they do.
1: Okay. So that's very interesting to me. So can you talk about that? I mean, they can, so they can pick up their entire team and go from club ABC to club XYZ. Uh, and is that, and that's common? Are you saying that's pretty common? or Yeah.
0: It's not uncommon for that to happen. Even, you know, midway through the season, they could, they would even pick up. Really? Midway. Yes. It, it's Why are they doing crazy. that? Oh, I don't know. I think some of it's politics of it. Some of it's they they don't feel like they're maybe getting support, the support they think they should be getting from the club um, and the, or the organization that they're associated with. You know, some of these coaches are, are not necessarily even they, – they may be dad coaches that don't like what's happening. Uh, maybe they don't feel like they're getting some of the players they might want from a tryout. Um, a lot of these clubs have kind of tiered – Teams within the age groups. You know, here's our platinum team. Here's our gold team. Here's our bronze team. They may give them different names, but you know, they have different, different level player, different level teams in each of those programs. And maybe they, they feel like, hey, I'm going to go over here because I think I can get more players or better players or whatnot, or or they just don't like the support they're getting. It's it's a little odd from that perspective. I've seen, matter of fact, this year a lot of 16 and 18 U teams you know, coaches that had multiple teams have moved over to another organization because of maybe some politics are going on. I try not to get involved in that politics. I try to stay away from it. I don't really, I hear about it. I'm like, all right, well, something went down. So uh, that's why that guy's gone. So uh, it happens.
1: Has Has that happened to one of your girls?
0: Yes. My oldest had a team that she'd been with and she was with them through probably two different organizations And then another organization wasn't happy with that one and they started their own organization. And then it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: I cannot, I have not heard of that in any of our, I'm trying to think back uh, in volleyball. I saw where before the season was over, like one of their core coaches on one of their high end teams that girls, you know, aspire to be on at the U 17 level he announced that he was moving to another, to like the competing next, you know, their, their, their biggest competitor club. And it just devastated the girls who were currently on that team. It was like prior to the big national championship tournament. And then this coach ended up coming back and finishing the season, but it was just never kind of the same. So I can't imagine actually when I'm I pick up this team, we're playing here and go over here and, and maybe let me ask you this. I mean, did do you think that stopped momentum or development anyway or killed passion with players? Oh, this uh, is not worth it. No, I, I or are I they think just are yeah, the resilient just kids.
0: Little, yeah, I think they're kids, and you know, if they're going over there with the other kids, oh well, who cares? It, it does create a little uh, from a parent perspective, a little uncertainty. You're like, what is going on? You know, you get a little get a little nervous, right? You're like, Why why are we moving? you know, and you kind of somewhat blindly follow them to the next organization because you like mm-hmm. the coach, you know, and I think that's something, if you like the coach, you like what they're doing, you, you you tend to stick with them wherever they, wherever they're coaching. Um, You know, again, a lot of these, not all the coaches in, in softball are paid coaches. So there, there's nothing that have them locked into a program too. Um, so, so that, 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 probably is a, a cause for some of that lack of stickiness. Um, yeah. Are there dads
1: I, or moms that are, that are coaches? It's a and they combination.
0: Move? Yeah. It's a combination at the younger ages. It's a lot of dads up till okay. 14. Uh, a lot of dads. Once you get to 16 and 18, you, the dads tend to kind of step aside and and, and the larger organizations have a, a paid coach. That's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, an independent coach. that's just this coaching in that organization. But that still doesn't stop them from moving to another organization for some odd reason.
1: Okay, wow, that is that's that's eye opening for me. I think that's uh, an interesting dynamic and something that I think feels unique so far in, in, in my club sports experience, unique to to softball. But I'll have to ask that question uh, of other sports. Um, do you? Can you talk about like with all this, you know, with your number of kids that you got and the intensity at which your, 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 your participation level is, is pretty escalated. It feels like, do you think that had a a effect on your kind of outside of sports life or your, your neighborhood dynamic or school dynamic, or is it just like, Hey, this is our life and our normal is our normal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we have other friends that are doing sports at other times. And I think our friends just kind of realize, all right, it's summer. Uh, the glasses <laughs> yeah. aren't going to be around very much. And we we, <laughs> we we do make extra effort to try to spend time together, you know, yeah. doing things with them. And, you know, once you get to high school, then they got the high school sports going on. So it kind of slows down. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it impacts it. But I, it, I think you also build friendships and relationships with parents that are part of that. And, and, you know, I think that's part of the fun of that is you kind of expand your friend group and you have those, those relationships as well. And you end up kind of doing things with the softball parents and the sports parents when they're doing sports things. And when you're back in town and the season's off, then you're back doing things with your other friends and you know, it's, it takes some effort for sure. There's there's weekends you you say, oh, we don't have anything going on. Hey, uh, so-and-so family would like to have us over for a barbecue or let's have them over. I haven't seen them in a couple months. You're just like, wow, i just like to chill out. But you got to make the effort to uh, certainly keep those relationships going.
1: Yeah, it's funny. We did that uh, for the Texas WU game a couple of weekends ago. You know, we went with people we played sports with and hadn't, you know, been a while since we'd seen them, not a long time, but, you know, we weren't seeing each other at, you know, tournaments like we, you know, had been back in the day, but we said, you know, we should all get together and kind of, you know, catch up. But that was who we were hanging out with, right? As people from our club sports teams, just, it's hard not to build relationships when you have that kind of time and effort and everybody's pulling for the kids and, and all that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely um and what, makes it, what makes it even more fun is your involvement in the club sports you know you 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 have your team in club sports but then you're playing against all those girls once they get to high school on other teams and you see them all at the games yep. and cheering them on and you're like oh yeah i got cheered against this girl but i love her but she's on the other team so it makes it kind of fun you know it, it's yeah you get to follow them kind of through their careers and you see them at, at those games
1: yeah, just such so many great memories and great relationships there. Um, so I think when just kind of pull the curtain back here a little bit, you and I kind of had a, a, a pre-recording conversation a little while back. I think you talked about some injuries. That is that did y'all experience some some injuries with your kids?
0: Uh, you know nothing. Yeah. Maybe some nagging injuries, maybe some, a few things here, but we didn't have any kind of career changing or altering injuries. I mean, just kind of part okay. of sports, you have setbacks and you just kind of got to manage through it. Like my oldest daughter had uh, had to have some, a surgery done on her ankle. That was just, it wasn't sports related. It was just kind of development kind of slowed her down, you know? And she's like, I got to get yeah. back out there, you know? And he's um, kind of got to, You gotta pay attention to injuries that are being caused by the sport. And you gotta be as a parent really closely monitor and protect Mm -hmm. your kid. Don't expose them. I I I know a number of athletes that you know they've been they pushed through pain and through some some injuries they've had and they've gotten worse and, and, and it's actually kept them from playing that sport. Ever again, because that's just yeah. they—they didn't—they didn't take care of it. Um, they didn't give their kid a rest. I mean, there's some other athletes where they, they just keep getting injured and you know take a couple weeks off and then they're right back at it. Instead of maybe let's let's go ahead and take off three or four months and, and get better.
1: Yeah, um, and heal
0: and heal. Honestly, these kids. I think parents forget that you know from their from the time they're twelve to. Eighteen, they're still growing, and uh you can cause some damage that you know will never allow them get back on the field if you don't take care of that. <clears throat> and that's kind yeah. of also kind of a reason going back to what we talked about earlier is multiple sports. You know, you have an off season that you're doing something else that you're giving that part of your body a rest, and you're develop other, other bo- parts of your body and. Uh, you know, I think that's extremely important, especially in, in softball and baseball. Uh And, you know, as, as far as being a pitcher, you know, shoulders you've got and to elbows give your and- elbow, shoulders, your hips, your knees, yeah. you got to give, you've got to give those body parts a rest. And uh, that's a great reason to say, Hey, it's football season. I'm going to football or, Hey, it's basketball season. I'm going to basketball. I'm not doing anything with softball for, for four months. And you just shut down.
1: Yeah. I, I, again, kind of back to, you know, just think about all the experiences and and in the 20 years that that I was doing this, I I have, we were fortunate. We didn't experience it ourselves, but we saw a few instances of like just a basic, Basic broken arm kind of injury that was sort of close to the wrist. And, you know, they started playing again four weeks after, and they should have at least stayed out six, if not eight. And, you know, and that was their U12, you know, or, you know, maybe even U14 season. Well, here they are, U18, U16, U18, and still nagging. Maybe another corrective surgery, you know, just. It never really – the games at U12 and U14, and all this is my opinion, your games at U12 and U14 don't matter, right? College coaches probably aren't recruiting you. Yep. The wins and losses, no one ever talks about that. So, folks, if you're listening out there, if they need to heal at U12 and U14, probably even U16, right? Depends on what your aspirations are. Yeah, Yep. That's
0: absolutely, it's
1: hard. It's hard for me. I'll be honest. It was hard.
0: Well, yeah, you see other kids that are out there, you know, maybe you were, maybe you were the first, the the, the starter and some other kids out there in your, in your kid's spot and they're lighting it up and you're like, Oh my gosh, I got to get them back. I got to get them back. They're going to lose their spot. But you know, you know, who cares? You, you know, It teaches your kid a little bit of a lesson too to be patient and and not not go back out there until you are ready, you know, because you you're you're going to hurt yourself and you you may hurt your team. So. uh,
1: One of the best stories ever heard. uh, Sorry, Bill, but one of the best stories ever heard was actually a cheer mom that I was talking to years ago. Um, you know, a, a friend and you know with cheer, all the tumbling and flyers and all that stuff. I'm I'm really hoping to get uh, some competitive cheer parents on here, coaches to kind of talk about that sport. But like she had a she busted up an elbow real bad, real bad. Had to have surgery all that kind of stuff. And her parents, the doctor said, you know, yeah. if you don't, and they were trying to get her back out on the floor and. And, you know, and competing and all that, the doctor said, if you don't let this heal, she's not going to be able to like put an earring on because she won't be able to bend her elbow up to her ear and <laughs> put an earring in. Yeah. And my friend said, she goes right there. Like I, we, it became crystal clear that we were pushing it too hard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I remember
1: that story. I was like, oh my gosh, that's. I'm gonna keep that in my mind forever because you're. Ma- I mean, you want to be able to pick up your kid, you know, one day when they become a parent, you know, when she becomes a mom, he becomes a dad, right? Not because you've got some nagging, you know, U14 hockey wrist injury or something. So anyway,
0: absolutely, no, I drive that home, 100% agree. And and one thing is, <clears throat> it, you may it may have a kid that doesn't want to be off the court. They have such passion for it, Mm -hmm. but it's real, it's your job as the parent to, to know when to pull back and to hold them out. You know, they're going to want to go, you're going to want to let them play because that's their passion. That's what they've been working for. But at some point you got to be the bad guy and say, no, you're not doing it until this point in time. And and you got to be the adult in the, in the room and, um, and realize that if something happens, it's, it's your fault because you, you didn't hold them back. You know? You're know you responsible. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you're responsible. Yeah. You got to yeah, be a parent.
1: For, yeah, for sure. For sure. So this is actually a good segue to kind of the last things I, I want to talk about or kind of maybe revisit because we talked a little bit about the college recruiting. But with the injury thing, especially in the earlier years, right, keep the long game in mind. Keep Keep the vision. You know, keep your eyes on the prize, right? So if you're trying to – yeah, you think, man? I think my kid could play college. You know, let them heal, let them get where they're back a hundred percent for that. You know, u sixteen, u seventeen, u eighteen kind of age group, when colleges are 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 you know starting to to pay attention. So, kind of, Bill, with that, can you talk about recruiting? And maybe if it's if your younger daughter's starting to experience a little bit, I think you talked about using recruiting services. Are y'all using that now for your youngest and kind of where y'all at with your youngest and software?
0: So, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, earlier, we we talked about my oldest, you know, social media wasn't as popular. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've talked to some coaches about what's the best, what's the best exposure, what's the best way to get our kid, like your kid kind of out there. And I hear a lot of coaches talk about Twitter. Twitter is a major tool for these coaches to keep up with kids, see their video, see their highlights. You can follow the teams on Twitter. You can uh, DM them on Twitter with your highlights and you can tag them in Twitter. So, you know, for, as far as staying in front of coaches, that's a great way to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, There are in soft, in softball, there's a lot of um, at 16 and 18, there's a lot of exposure uh, tournaments. And and that you can, your, your teams can sign up for, and there are coaches out there that'll come out to them. There's some, there's, there's more coaches than others. I mean, we went to a exposure tournament this weekend in in Conroe and I was shocked at how many coaches were out there. Um, But these teams were absolutely stacked. Uh, Most of the teams had more than half of their kids committed to D ones. And, you know, my daughter's team, I think we have one D one commit, a couple D 2s and whatnot, and, mm-hmm. and the rest aren't committed. So, it is a absolute. Um, you know, Twitter and social media are absolutely ways that teams are going. I know there are a lot of recruiting services out there that'll be, um, you know, out putting you, their their kids that they're sponsoring out in front of coaches. I think that's a that's a paid service. You can certainly do that um they have connections i think you know your coach on your team once you get to 16 18 you in 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 softball a lot of your coaches that are paid coaches they have connections kind of understand before you sign up with those teams who do you who do you have connections with are they d1s are they d2s what what kind of programs are you connected with and and they'll lay it out for you yeah Uh, look at look at where their past players have committed to yeah who have you moved Uh, on yeah. Who have you moved on? Um, you know, we did a, we did a paid recruiting service for my my oldest two uh, NCS, you know, and it was a is it's it wasn't cheap, but it, it wasn't overly expensive, but it helped you kind of narrow down the types of schools and you could send emails and attract all that. But we never really got much any traction from those. So that was I that was kind of it was helpful the find schools that you really never knew about because you can kind of profile schools that your kid would want to go to. So, um, that's out there. Um, you know, you have a lot of times before some of these tournaments at at the six, I'm going to focus on the 16 and 18 U because this is where it happens a lot. They have coaches camps before these tournaments. So it's maybe on the Friday night before. And so the coaches that might be, uh, scouting, and attending the exposure tournament will be there on that Friday night, running a camp for a couple hours or three hours before. And so you can, you can attend that and get some exposure. Some of those have a lot of, a lot of players attending. Some of them don't have as many, so you can get different levels of exposure. going can be just kind of a mass mass of kids working through a couple, couple drills here and there with not a lot mm-hmm. of interaction, but, uh, and then some of them might not have as many, many players there, and you can work one-on-one with some coaches, um, the other thing is, um, a lot of these colleges have, um, prospect camps. They usually have two prospect camps. They have them in the summer mm-hmm. and then also in the winter before their, um, their seasons start. Um, and so you can attend those prospect camps and you think they're valuable. They, they are. I think, I think part of the, part of the challenge there is you've got to have realistic expectations of what your kid's ability is. Right. So some of it's feed the fire and get them to get excited about what they're trying to do and maybe put them out in front of a big D1 school and say, oh, man, this is great. Here You can compare them to other kids, but get that fire in their belly. But, you know, maybe not realistically think, all right, my, this is where my kid has a chance of going. But maybe, you know, get the fire in their belly around it. Uh, but then be realistic as to your kids' capabilities and and, and go to the camps at the schools your kid would want to go to that your kid's capable of playing at. Uh, so maybe that's a D two level, maybe that's a junior college. Um, and so be realistic. And and if you attend those camps and you show interest in those programs, those coaches Mm -hmm. tend to show interest back, back to you. Uh, and they're going to recruit kids that are, that are, um, investing time and effort to come out to their, their camps.
1: Okay. Well, Bill, I mean, I could keep going for hours talking about this stuff. I think, I think it's absolutely fascinating. And I really cannot thank you enough for sharing uh, your family stories uh, with us and your experiences with, with, um, you know, what sounds like years and years. what do you say? We've been doing this 12
0: 12 years, 12 years.
1: Right. I mean, probably we could probably spend a whole episode talking about uh, the craziest thing you ever saw at a tournament. Right. But um. I would definitely like to reserve the right to to bring you back on and follow up on anything, especially, you know, we talked a lot about colleges and recruiting and just, you know, balance of family and, and all that. So, um, you know, we'd would, would, would love to have you back here. I'm thinking about getting maybe a a panel of, of parents or a panel of people across one sport, right? You know, four people talking about all things softball here in DFW, something like that. So sure. if you don't mind, I'll, I'll keep you – keep your name and number handy.
0: I would love to have you back. Absolutely, Matt. I appreciate you uh, reaching out and enjoyed the conversation and happy to, happy to provide whatever insight I can.
1: No, I appreciate it. And like I always say, welcome to the club.
0: Thank you, Matt. All right.
1: Thank you, Bill. Have a good night. You know what I really loved about our conversation today with Bill was that it came from a parent's perspective. I think that's really important. Uh, I mean, we will eventually get back into talking with uh, coaches and administrators and recruiters and that kind of stuff, because that's where I kind of want to go next. But it was really nice to have a parent's perspective on a lot of things Um and how parents think about their their kids. It was a good balance, I thought. Um, I really like what he had to say about confidence and that story he told about his son who kind of had that one performance that really proved to be a launching pad and got him going and got him, you know, on the radar for uh, college recruiting and, and uh, you know, upping his game so it was really good to hear about that um, and then again the part about the, the recruiting services, we probably could have a whole episode on on that alone, I know it's a thing in volleyball for sure so uh, anyway, it was great to have Bill on, get the parents perspective, obviously he's done it with three and is still doing it, um, doing the club thing so I um, was really excited to have him on as always, thanks for tuning in and uh, look forward to having you on to talk more and more about club sports and we'll keep this thing rolling thanks again and as always welcome to the club